Your life is always in the process of becoming. Exactly what is entirely up to you. Did you know you can steer your experience in any way you choose and in the process, create the life you truly desire? Join me on a soulful journey of self-discovery as I share stories, ideas, tips and mindset hacks that will guide you towards clarity, confidence, inner peace and the courage to follow your dreams and fulfill your purpose. Welcome to the Life Becoming podcast series. I'm your host, Lisa Colson. Stay tuned until the end of the episode for more details on how you can join my community of conscious joy seekers. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Life Becoming podcast series. Today I'm going to bring to you part two of Lessons from the Wilderness. So if you haven't already um, listened to last week's episode, go back and have a listen to that one so that you can follow them in order Um, through this what will be three-part series. I'm sharing with you all the lessons that I have learnt in the planning, preparation, and then the doing of a overnight hike. So last week I shared with you the disruptions that we had in the, the planning and how I managed to deal with that and the lessons that I learned from that. So jump back over there if you haven't already, um, and then come back and listen to the, today's episode once you've caught up. Okay, so I'm going to pick up where I left off last week. So you might recall that the anticipated overland track which is the six night seven day hike through the lakes and clear cradle cradle mountain national park was um, in the end put on hold and to be completed later this year in september 2021 due to the um, impact of covid and an outbreak in brisbane which um yeah it, it disrupted all our plans so go back and have a listen to that one so Today I'm going to take you to the point of we have um, come to terms with the fact that we are no longer able to do our planned hike and we had to come up with a plan B. Um, And as you remember from last week, we had plan B, plan C, all the way down to, you know, plan X, plan Z, because there were so many moving parts in this. And I think one of the things that Um, to start off with and sharing with you is that once we sort of came to terms with the fact that the original plans were not going to be able to be fulfilled and that we needed to come up with another option, um, a lot of the anxiety sort of slipped away only to be replaced with the anxiety and and staring down the barrel of, okay, now we're actually going to be doing um, something different that we didn't have all the knowledge and preparation for. So you may recall that I mentioned instead of doing the overland track, we decided to do another multi-day overnight hike um, through the walls of Jerusalem National Park. Now myself, personally, I hadn't really explored this as an option because I'd been so focused on the overland track. So while I heard people talk about it and I knew that the um, the wilderness that we would be um, immersing ourselves in was going to be incredibly spectacular. I didn't know anything about the actual walk and what we sort of soon discovered was that in a very short period of time it was quite difficult to find information on how we could um, turn this walk into a um, a four-day, three-night 
hike, which is what our, um, which is what we set out to do. So we, in a sense, had a little lack of preparation in that we didn't really know what um, what options were going to be available to us. But because we'd done all the preparation in getting ourselves physically, mentally, and emotionally prepared to do a an overnight hike, we felt ready in in that regard. So we set off. Um, we spent, I guess, the the evening before we were due to set off, which was a so Monday afternoon. Um, we got the all clear that my hiking buddy was able to come out of isolation, so we knew that we were going to set off on the Tuesday morning for our hike. So the Monday evening was spent getting our packs organized, um, packed, and I guess for myself, this is one thing where some holes in my preparation started to show in that I'd gathered all my equipment. I felt that I had everything that I needed. However, I hadn't done a practice pack. I'd done a couple, but I hadn't had a, um, a time where I had sat down with all of my gear and everything that I was taking with me and packed the pack and worn it and practiced walking with it and gotten familiar with the feel of the pack on my back. We had some last minute adjustments to how the how it was all going to um, how it was all going to come together, which in itself was quite stressful. And um, I remember still very clearly to this day the first time that I tried to pick up my pack, which was full, and put it on my back and do that unassisted. And I actually couldn't do it. The pack was so heavy that I physically couldn't lift it up onto my back. So I knew that at that point, physically, I thought, oh, okay, maybe I'm not as prepared for this as I thought that I was. How am I going to go doing this hike when I can't physically lift my own pack? And I was reminded at that stage that I'm not doing it on my own, that I had my friend with me and that we would be able to assist each other along the way. So I felt very, um, it was a so a lot of relief around that realization and I felt okay even though physically I think in all honesty there was a level of disappointment directed at myself that I whilst I felt physically fit and I'd, I'd lost a lot of weight in preparation and I thought that I was going to do really well at this point I thought had that like you know that regret I suppose that I hadn't worked harder with my training and that I hadn't worked more on my upper body strength and I was starting to internalize a lot of that disappointment which I knew that I would have to to turn around and that's one thing that I um, was working on at this particular point. Now after I put my first the pack on for the first time I actually had that moment where I thought I'm not going to be able to do this there's no physical way that I'm going to be able to carry this. I felt like the whole weight of the pack was wrong. And so we did some um, further adjustments. Now, my husband is ex-military, so he has a lot of experience with packing packs and doing this type of stuff. And I had none. So in my moment of, I guess, vulnerability, he took over the reins in packing my pack for me, which I was very grateful for. But I'll touch on later in the episode um, I guess the impact that that had whilst I was actually out on the trail. So I finally got to a point where I felt that, okay, I, this pack was able to take some things out. Um, we had, you know, additional food because we'd been planning for 
a seven day hike and we now thought well, we're only doing four days so we were able to ditch some of the food that we had and um, take out a few other little bits and pieces and one of the things that I realized that I always thought you know a gram here or you know 20 grams there or half a kilo here isn't going to make that much difference you're still carrying the pack and what I realized was that in adjusting what I was taking and able to drop about three kilos out of the weight of the pack it actually made it so much more manageable now remember from last week's episode that we needed to again this is a hike where there are no um, there are no huts where we can sleep in so I guess there was that element of and again probably wasn't really quite um, prepared because in doing overland we knew that we would be able to we planned to camp each night however we knew that there were huts available for us should we need shelter so I guess there was that kind of element of relief or feeling a bit more secure and and having that level of safety and going into the walls of Jerusalem there were no there was no shelter and I can't remember if I knew that or if I found that out on the track but either way that was going to be the scenario that we had so we did have to carry everything with us so we had to have our tent and our sleeping bag and cooking equipment and um, you know again being prepared for all weather conditions but it's not unheard of in Tasmania to have blizzards in the middle of summer so we we were carrying a lot of weight and again I think it was just a bit of a shock for me when I had that pack on and I realized that I was going to be hiking and having to carry this and that there was no way around that so in that moment there was a brief period where I thought I don't think I'm going to be able to do this and in all honesty probably wanted to pull the plug and thinking okay so the universe has you know created a scenario where it's given me a way out and there was some temptation only briefly but it was there to call it quits and just kind of you know go okay um, we'll just do this later down the track and have some more time to prepare for it. I have to just give a big shout out to my, you know, my hiking buddy, Tanea, who held it together so well for me. And she was a rock and a real strength for me in, in that moment and throughout the whole time, but really just um, was able to put my fears at ease and having somebody that I trusted and that I knew had my back doing this with me um, did make so much difference. So I think I got myself to a point on that Monday night where I then, okay, I feel somewhat ready. Um, and we set off on the Tuesday morning. So we had a lovely drive and um, Nay, my friend, had her first like nice cup of coffee in many, many days because she'd been in isolation, which was great. And we set off and I noticed that I sort of had, you know, just this, again, this surface level, it was just the anxiety was there the whole way. So we finally got to the starting point of the track. Um, we put the pack on, we, we got sorted and we said goodbye, um, to Mick, my husband who dropped us there. And I will share some photos of us at the start. And um, we set off and it was really um, brutal. So we, again, keep in mind that I really had not done any research on this hike. So I didn't know what I was in for. And 
partway into the first day hike, um, Nay turned around and said to me, um, I'd read that everybody says that day one is the hardest. In fact, they describe it like a punch in the face from the moment you enter the track. So I've done a lot of, you know, bushwalks and I've done hikes and I did the Inca Trail and I think that was about 10, 11 years ago and actually finished it, I think, around this time. And the first day led you into a false sense of security because it was a fairly nice, you know, um, easy walk. It wasn't, you know, there wasn't hills and boulders that you had to jump over. And the walls of Jerusalem didn't have that um, false sense of security attached to the beginning of the hike. You were literally straight uphill. And for the first four or five hours, we were walking uphill, which was you know, in and of itself, not such a bad thing, but the terrain was incredibly rocky and you were stepping up um, quite like you're stepping up onto boulders and stepping up into rocks and having to, to pull yourself up. Now, having this been the first hike that either of us had done carrying such a heavy pack, um, it was a little unsettling and physically it was really, really tough. Um, I was quite glad that I didn't know that before I started because if I'd known that then I think that temptation to not go would have been stronger um, but here I am on a track um, and it's actually quite warm too so physically I know myself I was struggling quite a lot we would walk and then we would have a stop and we would go, oh, let's just stop and have a look at the beautiful scenery and take photos of plants and flowers. And, you know, but any excuse to to have a break um, was something that we really needed. Along the way, we met a, a lot of other um, hikers and we saw a lot of them coming down and um, they were like, oh, well, I know what it's like. I, you know, we did this not that long, a couple of days ago and it's not too much further. Keep going. And everyone was giving us lots of moral support. And we met a group with two tour, tour guides and that was when we sort of explained our scenario and they gave us a lot of encouragement and said, you know, fantastic work, you know, you've been able to pivot and create another opportunity. And that was when I did realise what I spoke about last week was the ability to turn a situation um, where you're facing adversity into an opportunity for for growth and adventure and um, being able to do something incredible, which this hike definitely was that. So just to kind of set the stage for the terrain, um, we were walking up the side of a mountain um, up to, I think it was about 1200 meters elevation. And so we got to the sort of the top of the trees and the, the wilderness changed from a sort of a rainforest, um, quite enclosed um, canopy and then we were walking in swampland and then we were walking in marshes and then we were walking in you know it was just it was a, a forever changing landscape which was really beautiful um, but the first part of this hike was really really challenging and we'd stop along the way and we'd look up and we'd think you, you really you couldn't see where the path ahead of you went um, you could see that you kind of walked you know the next few steps were uh, maybe five or ten meters even were um, you could see where you were walking, but beyond that, you, you had no idea where the trail went. And we were always hoping that maybe it would just go around the side of the mountain, slowly snake its way up. And I was in, I was leading us up 
at a different different stages and I would get to the top of this really steep climb and I would then see what was in front of us and I remember just constantly saying oh for goodness sake and that's not the words that I used but I can't really say on a podcast what I actually said um and they said to me after that her heart dropped every time because she she knew what was coming ahead and that's something for me as well maybe I need to to work on um not being so honest about what's coming but it was interesting because you can apply that same philosophy to life is that often when you're working towards something or even if you're just going you know going through your normal day-to-day motions we can only ever see a few steps ahead we can't often see the the full journey as it's going to unfold before we're actually on the path and actually facing that adversity or that challenge or or you know or that opportunity for for growth so and I use this analogy a lot with working with clients along the over the years is that you know we we have this you know for driving at night on a you know dark road where the only illumination we have is from our headlights we don't stop dead because we can't see the next part of the road we continue to follow on and we drive because we know that as we move along our journey the headlights are going to illuminate the next step and the next step and the next step and then we end up getting from our destination our our, um, starting point to the end of our journey just by having faith knowing that the path is going to unfold before us so that's you know a, a bit of a you know punch in the face experience that we had doing this hike but that was exactly what happened and I think it's probably a blessing because if we could have seen the um the physical challenges that we were going to encounter along the way again wondering whether we would have continued and and I know and I say that but I know that we would have and so that brings us to the first lesson that I wanted to share with you from this starting point of the hike was that that realization that I was physically capable of so much more than what I thought that I was. If I had of um, limited myself or had you know held on to limiting beliefs about being unable to do it or it's too hard um I, I don't know how I would have gone with that. I was in this situation where I didn't really have the opportunity to turn back because I was already so far into the journey and I knew that even if I turned around and went back, I was still physically going to be challenged. So I may as well continue and may as well continue to push past. So I kept saying to myself along the way, one step at a time, just take the next step, just the next one. And instead of looking upwards and thinking, oh my goodness, how am I possibly going to get there? I just brought it back to focusing on, okay, this step, now this step, now this step. And there were little periods of relief and, you know, where um, the track became a little bit more manageable. Um, I still remember the relief getting to the first um emergency hut where we stopped and had some food and took the pack off um and that was just like a you know a, an achievement in and of itself just getting to that point um and it was just it, it was just honestly you had to bring it back to just one step just one more step the other thing I kept saying to myself along the way was just find the path of least resistance so I often found myself stopped 
at a point where I physically couldn't see a way that I felt safe and within my physical capabilities to get from where I was to this next point. And so I would just stop and say, look for the path of least resistance. And so I would look at it from a, a viewpoint of, I know that I can do this. Um, if I focus on how difficult it's going to be, it's going, I'll just become, you know, immobilized and I'll not be able to move anywhere. So I would look for the path of least resistance and just take one more step and one more step and one more step. Now, along the way, I was constantly reminding myself that I'm going to have to walk down this mountain too. And I had a lot of anxiety about that because it was quite treacherous and very steep. Um, and I know that carrying a massive, heavy pack downhill is is just as challenging if not more challenging than walking up the hill carrying this pack so that was the first lesson I wanted to share you are way more capable than you give yourself credit for when you're in a situation where you have no choice but to keep going and I think people find themselves in these situations in life all the time where you feel like giving up would be the easy option and I think in real life situations I know I have in the past so I'm just getting putting it out there for you to reflect have there been times in your life when it felt like it was too much and too hard and you knew that the the suffering I suppose would end by retreating by throwing your hands in the air and saying no can't do it it's too hard and moving yourself back into your comfort zone have there been times in life and situations where you have done that? And I know there have been for me. And doing this hike made me realize that if you just endure the struggle, it's not going to last forever. And just by putting one step in front of the other and one step in front of the other and bringing your attention back to the present moment, the here and now, not thinking and projecting too far forward about the things that you might encounter and the challenges that are, you know, are going to be there for you to face, um, which renders you helpless to be able to move forward. Bring yourself back to the here and now. Allow yourself to be in discomfort now, knowing that the reward at the end of that is going to be so, so worth it. So that is the first lesson that I wanted to share with you. And I guess in a similar regard, but probably more from, not from a physical um, capability standpoint, but an emotional, um, emotional one is again, this realization of how much I was capable of doing and how often, you know, again, through normal day-to-day -day living, it's not very often that we put ourselves so far outside of our comfort zone and have to rely on ourselves to do things that we normally wouldn't do because there's always someone around that can do things for you. There's always, you know, people to assist you and then you always have choices, I suppose, along the way as well. Probably most importantly is when you're faced with a scenario that you need to do something that you've never done before and the ego kicks in and all that self-doubt thinking, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Often we retreat and we don't do it. Now, once we finally got to the first campsite, we were setting up camp. Um, we found a little platform 
and again there was probably a little bit more primitive than the overland because we'd been looking at the platforms and we knew how to secure our tents to those platforms and so what we encountered when we got there was we had some mechanisms that were attached to the flat platforms that we could then attach to our tents to keep them secure but they were a little bit as I said primitive um, and physically it took quite a lot to actually unravel these things I won't go into too much detail about it but it was pretty um pretty difficult so at this point um I was getting setting my tent up I had practice setting it up in the lounge room so I knew how to set the tent up but I'd never done it in the middle of the wilderness um on a platform using you know things and bits of rope and you know, different things to, to kind of get this thing secured. So I remember sitting, looking out over this beautiful mountain and sitting there going, this is the type of thing that if I was here with Mick, my husband, he would do this and I would be making a cup of tea and getting something to eat. And because that's, you know, that's what we always do, you know, when it comes to something that's a physical requirement, generally we step into those roles and he takes the lead in those things because he's really good at it, um, which has meant that I haven't had to do it. And so I was in this situation for this briefest of moments thinking, um, how am I going to do this? Like, I don't know how to do this. And um, looking over at Nay and she sort of got, got it all together and she's figured it out a little bit quicker than I had. And starting to feel um, quite vulnerable at this point, thinking there's literally no one else around. I mean, there were other people there, but I didn't have my people there that I could call upon for support and assistance. We were in the middle of the wilderness, pretty much on our own. And this is where um, I guess the second lesson that I wanted to share with you is, and it's around this um this vulnerability that I felt we were we were exposed there was nowhere to go we were on the top of a mountain and to get back to civilization would have meant another six or seven hour hike we thought so at that time anyway um and I just remember feeling almost in a state of panic in that um I was there and I had nay which was a godsend but I felt very, very vulnerable, which is something that I have tried most of my life to avoid feeling that way. So I felt really exposed and really vulnerable and there was no one to hide and so nowhere to hide. Um, and I was alone with very little to protect me. And that was probably the thing that I found, I found most challenging um, was that sense of feeling completely isolated and completely alone. And, you know, my, my mind started to take me to places where, you know, what if this happened and what if that happened? And we had um, a GPS that um, we had set up where we had a capability of being able to obviously see where we are and it had an emergency beacon. So I knew that if we got into trouble, we would um, have help at the other end of this and they had a, another safety beacon as well. But we um, had it set up so that I could send text messages um, to Mick and then he could forward them on to Nay's family. And so we knew that they would be able to see that we were safe and they would 
you know, we could get um, confirmation that they knew we were safe, but also get some, you know, how are the kids, that type of thing, just to put that anxiety at ease. So once we finally got the tent set up, um, I kind of went into panic mode because I sent a message, I sent our location and I hadn't heard anything back. So whilst, again, we'd done, Mick had taken me through how this works and, you know, kind of done a, a brief, you know, um, demonstration of how to use this, I felt um, unprepared and I like I didn't remember how to do it and that we're going to be stuck up here and that I'm not going to be able to communicate with him and how we're going to let him know when we're ready to come out and all that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of panic. So I felt almost on the verge of panic for a couple of hours until I finally had a text message back from him saying, got your messages all okay here. And then I felt like I could relax a little bit, which was, which is a real relief. So Finally, after that physical challenge of getting to where we were and then, you know, the, the mental challenge of having to do things that I had never done before, um, you know, I did start to feel quite proud that I had been able to exceed the expectations that I had of myself and that I had been able to smash that glass ceiling of what I thought my capabilities were and I started to relax and really enjoy where we were and, and what we were um, about to experience. So I'm going to talk more in the next episode about um, in that, you know, vulnerability and the exposure that I felt um, during the second night that we were there. So the first night was relatively uneventful. Um, it was um, a little bit cold, but not too bad. And I slept, well, I didn't blow my mattress up properly. Oh, actually, I did, but I didn't put the plug in. So it was quite uncomfortable because the mattress that I carried had actually deflated on me. So I felt like I was sleeping right, right on the, the wooden platform. So I didn't have a great night's sleep, but I woke up feeling really quite energized and um really for the first time probably relaxed and enjoying where I was so um, that's where I'm going to leave today's episode so we're we're, we're we've walked to, to the first camp through the walls of Jerusalem incredibly tough physically on the first day um, very tough emotionally for the first few hours once we got to camp and um, you know quite a, a rough night's sleep due to my poor preparation um, and then I'm going to pick up next episode on what we did from that point how it all unfolded and as I said share with you some more about the that feeling of exposure and vulnerability which really set in on the second night so I am going to sign up for now. Um, be sure to listen out for next week's episode to catch the final installment of Lessons from the Wilderness. And I hope you're enjoying um, hearing about this journey. And I would love to have you share some of your experiences with um, situations where you've pushed yourself beyond what you thought you were capable of doing. So pop on over to Conscious Joy Seekers and I would love to hear your experiences. Until next week, um, have a, a magical day and I will see you soon. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. If you would like to continue the conversation and learn more about creating the life of your dreams, I would personally like to invite you to join my Facebook group, Conscious Joy Seekers. Join a community of like-minded souls and receive weekly oracle card guidance and stay up to date with all my free offerings. 
Until the next episode, have a magic-filled day.